Why, hello. Welcome to Season 22, Episode 18 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Yeah, I was right. It was 18. Mm-hmm. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork. My name is Gina. And this is probably the second time only that we've ever started on time. Ever. I, we're we're no, three no. minutes late. We're oh. No, we're not. We started on time. Happy okay. Jack's is currently running a listener-viewer survey through October 15th. Past surveys have had a real effect on our direction, on the direction of Happy Jack's RPG podcast and our actual plays. Actually, true. If you, you're not supposed to interrupt while I read this. Didn't you read, get the message? <laughs> if you would like your voice heard, go to happyjacks.org/2018survey. That's 2018, but survey is all lowercase and it's all run together. So 2018survey, happyjacks.org/2018survey. In order to avoid duplicate responses, you must have a Google account and must be signed in to take the survey. Remember, the deadline for the survey is October 15th. Happyjacks.org slash 2018 survey. Go take it. Thank you. Also, because you didn't have the updated version, uh, we do not collect any personal information. That, so even though you log into your Google account, oh, yeah. the survey doesn't record any of your information. We don't know. We, it's still anonymous. So don't get IP addresses. We don't get your your uh, Google username. Nothing. No. Nothing like that. Yeah. The only information you get from from a Google form is what people input in the forms. Cool. But be specific about your feedback. Oh. Also, if you're le- I, at the end of every one, I always put a thing. If you want anything, you just want to tell me that you know, just stuff, and it's it's usually gripes. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I want to hear your gripes. We do. I would like some specificity. <laughs> um, to say, I fucking hate Bob. Bob is the worst. I don't know what to do with that. Do I? Stop being hated, Bob. I, I don't know what to say to Bob. <laughs> if instead you were to say, Bob says this, or Bob said that, now I have an actionable item. I can go to Bob and say, hey, when you say goat fucker at the top of your lungs, it pisses people <laughs> off. Stop saying goat fucker. Yeah. And maybe he will and maybe he won't. I don't know. But at least there's a chance that it might change the show. But to just complain... Without any specificity in telling me what it is specifically <laughs> I can do to fix it, I don't know what to do. So I usually just ignore it. Because <laughs> I don't know what else to do. Not always, though. I pretty much ignore it if, it's, if there's nothing... If <laughs> Actionable. It's, I mean, it, now, there, there have been some gripes. Because if, if it's gripes like... Uh, the audio problems. Yes. But they don't yeah. know specifically what the audio problem is. They just kind of... That, obviously, I can figure that out. But okay. it, it mostly has to do with um, if you don't like... And, and people have been... This is not to say. A lot of people have been very specific about the stuff that they mm-hmm. don't like and the stuff that they like. Um, and that has been very helpful. But, yeah. but it, some of the more impassioned ones are the least helpful. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I fucking hate Bob. Bob is a blight on society. Make Bob go away. <laughs> I can't kill him. I can't kill Bob. No. <laughs> He's thought about it. I, I may mean, have. I may have. I mean, Bob is a hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not. It, Will no. not. Will but, not. Right. And and the, and the thing is, for everyone who talks about how much Bob is a blight on society, 
there's probably two or three people who are like, yeah, I really like Bob. Bob's my I, favorite. Uh, Bob is the poo. He's my favorite. Take a whiff. <laughs> Lots of responses so far. 124. Oh. Ooh, that's good. And it's that's, going to be running for another three weeks. Yeah. So that's um, take that survey. That's substantial. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the last major you? one I did was th- had 300 responses. Mm. Yeah, the last major one. I've done some where I only yeah. run it for a week. Yeah. And those are like 100, 150 maybe. But yeah. the last big, big one, which was a couple years ago, two or three years ago now. I think it was around 300 responses. Yeah. And when did you put it out? Just this week sometime, Monday. Right? When oh, I'm, this okay. Monday. Yeah. Cool. In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Ed from Florida... <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Nay, Minnesota, Minnesota... Says consistency is key with regards to world design. Mr. CJ, or MRCJ, I don't know if it's supposed to be Mr. or not, disagrees with us on more tactical combat systems and calls us snotty. And Isaac sends us an existential question and a success story. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We're also on social media. We're on Twitter. The nicotine fits are starting. Yeah, Can you I'm tell? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so quit smoking today. Spent the two yeah. and a half days. Actually, two and a half two days. Two of it. Yeah. Okay. Send encouragement. Yeah. I can say. Don't. It'll just piss me off. We're on social media. Happy Jacks RPG. All one word. We're on Twitter, Instagram, the Facebooks, Face Bags. All of it for now. <laughs> also. <laughs> I might, in a, in a yeah, fit of peak, peak, delete all of our social no. media accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. It would make the world a happier no, place. No, just delete yours. <laughs> Leave the heavy decks ones. It's fine. You sure? Yes. Well, how about if I just deactivate no. them? I can fix that. That's, right. that's acceptable. Also, if you'd like to watch the show live, you can go to uh, happyjacks.org slash live, find out uh, where to see all of the stuff, and we do that at 7 p.m. Pacific time on Fridays. This show, and of course, all of our APs as well. Also, I should mention that we have a third feed. You know that we have Happy Jacks RPG podcast feed, where you get the Friday weekly advice show. We also have Happy Jacks actual play feed, which is now campaigns, long form campaigns, and then we have the Happy Jacks one shot feed, which is one shot Saturdays. And shadow cons and any other one shots nice. that we happen to do, any incidental one shots, we'll throw them on that feed as well. So there's actually now three feeds. If you'd like to subscribe to those, subscribe to them. If you find out that your podcatcher or your directory does not have the one shot feed, email me. Put in the in the subject something like one shot feed request or something like that. And in every every. Pod, most most of our people listen. I know this now. Most of our people listen on a on a smartphone, and they're using a podcast app. Mm-hmm. Every podcast app, you can manually add in a feed, so you can go on your phone, go to happyjacks.org, oh. find the feed for one shot, copy it, go back to your your app, add it in. That may be how some of these apps add in mm-hmm. other okay. other outside feeds that yeah. aren't already in their directory. Most places use mm-hmm. iTunes as directory. Yeah. Which actually started out as Podshow's directory, turns mm. out, which belonged to Adam Curry. When Adam Curry stopped Mevio, which was the company that existed after Podshow, he had this huge directory of podcasts, and he basically handed it over to Apple and cool. said, I'll let you guys take care of this, because it's got every podcast feed that I've ever had through here. So that's what they. That's what started. Uh, that was a huge part of their no 
way, of their Adam Curry, former VJ. Yes, yeah. Well, he's one of the one of the two inventors of podcasting. I had no idea. Yeah, what his, one of his titles is the Podfather. Why do you think I said no? You can't call me the Podfather because there is already a really? Podfather. Yeah, and he's got much better hair than I have. He's, he's no. Is that hard? I have fantastic hair. I just don't show it to anyone. Oh, yeah. I see. It's invisible. Yeah. Invisible. <laughs> also, the three feeds are a good example of uh, your feedback matters. Yes, exactly. Feedback. <coughs> right. That wasn't actually on, that wasn't in a survey. That was just yeah. people people emailing challenging or, to work through. Right. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots. Because there's a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. I would love to have a feed for every um, every campaign. Yeah. The yeah. problem is, it's a huge amount to maintain, and yeah. once a game ends. That feed, if it doesn't get keep getting stuff, a lot of places will start delisting it. So suddenly it'll just disappear. Right. And we don't want that. We want no, people to be able to get that stuff. Bananas. It is. Consistency is key. Or consistency is key! <laughs> with an exclamation point. From Ed in Florida, name Minnesota. Hello, sapient, topical, organic, red-headed kazoo players. You, you get it. It's an anagram. It is. A, it, it's a. It's an idiom. It's an idiom. <laughs> it, it's it's a thing for stork. It's an anagram. It's not an anagram. It's not an anagram. It's a. What do they call it? Uh, acronym. Acronym. Oh, that's yeah. Well, an acronym. if it was S T O R K, I'd be an acronym for sapient. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Except kazoo players isn't really two words. It should be it's one word. Oh. It should. It should be. Well, it should be two words. Yes. It is not one word. word. And Stork's not redheaded, but that's okay. It's good. It's good attempt. That's still luxurious hair. Ed from mm-hmm. in Florida, well, not topical, and, Minnesota. Uh, I I can play kazoo, but you know who can't. It has been a long few months since I last wrote you. My D and D game at the local store is now at nine players. Oh my god, that's a lot. With that's almost as many as my D and D game. It's <laughs> not like a good title to have. No, like, no. Gonna be fighting no. for that. With right. a second at six, the second game is quote unquote hard for me to fit in. So one player has started running his own game. Victory, and I give you full credit for my devious attempt to gather new GMs. <laughs> Excellent. I remember this email now. Yes, one before. I tried to run a game for this past JackerCon. But to be frank, it was not up to par. I had a feeling down. I had I had the feel down. Sorry, but between work and illness, I did not have the story set up well. As a warning, please don't try to run a game sick. Better to hold off and do it right. Lesson learned. <laughs> but this did get me thinking. What I often rely on to carry a, a, a game is the realism of the world I try to run. It made it passable, I think, for the players, even though my story was shit. I have been thinking about it since the game, and I want to run the following past you for peer review. Awesome. Put on my spectacles. That's nice of me to think we're his peers. <laughs> I appreciate this. One. If a game world isn't consistent, it doesn't feel real. Two. If my choices as a player don't matter, it doesn't feel real. Three. If everything is at my threat level, it doesn't feel real. I agree with that a lot. Four. If I can't make some sort of change, it doesn't feel real. 
Go ahead and discuss. I have my thoughts, but I want to hear your opinions, even the wrong ones of the person hidden in my intro. Oh, oh snap! Oh. <laughs> Called you out! Yeah. <laughs> Advance to the PS for the right answers. Keep drinking and inspiring people to be better. You do a great job of it, Ed, in Minnesota, now in Florida. P.S. No, you're wrong, especially Tappy. Internal consistency. I think it's consistency. Is that... I don't... I don't know. Is that an inside it, joke? It's I don't in, know. It's consistency. Because okay. later. All right. And then and then he has his, his, his little answers. things about it's it. It's like yeah. a quiz. I appreciate like this. I know. I'm like, well, all right, I can do this. Uh, two and four are the same thing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if my choices as a player don't matter, it doesn't feel real. If I can't make some sort of change, it doesn't feel real. Same thing. Yeah. The world has to be mutable. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, although you can make choices and not have it change the world. Yes, that's that true. Makes it real too, because that yes, <laughs> that's very realistic. If you can make choices that do nothing for the world, that's as real as you can get. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, number one, if the game world isn't consistent, it doesn't feel real. I guess I think just because I'm feeling contrary, like I. I, there's also examples where, like, the real world isn't consistent, also, and it, we know that's real. At least we think it's real, unless it's all in my mind. It depends what he means by consistency. That's yeah. what yes. I, I yeah. Is it like the laws of the universe? Yeah, like or gravity. Yes, consistent. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, unless the there's F and magic. Example. One of the examples well, we yeah. always talk about is like, uh, if if I want to jump over, I don't know what kind of game we're playing. Like, fairly realistic, and I say I want to jump over the Grand Canyon, and you're like, yeah. No, go go do that. You die, but you die. Right, right. And then I'll even let you roll, but I'm going to yeah, ignore and then three the dice. Sessions <laughs> later, there's something going on where you're like, oh, okay, that sounds really cool. Like I could see that being like, uh, didn't you tell us all in this world that gravity kind of works the same way? Right. And yeah, yeah. That's why. That's one of the reasons I'm always a little reluctant. If I if I house rule something, or let's say we're trying to figure something out, and rather than pour through the book to come up with something. I'll just say we'll do it this way for now, and then we'll go check the book later. Mm-hmm. That that second part is exactly why, because when when you when you sort of sort of on the fly house rule something, very often players start to depend on it unless you give the caveat right up front that we're yeah. only doing this because we can't find the rule. We know it's there, but we don't know where it is, so we're just going to do it this way for now. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good solution because I have been in games where an exploit is suddenly smelled out. Aha! He doesn't know the rule and. Then it gets used. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, I've had that happen several times, and that's kind. Of, that's one of the. I think one of the, that gets back to this consistency thing. I think because hopefully the game designer makes things work so that they sort of feel the way you want that world to feel. Either yeah. it's going to be real realistic and really gritty, or it's going to be really super heroic and crazy, or wherever in between. And so, I, I think that a consistency has a lot more to do with the game mechanics I think let me pause this. if they're being applied correctly uh, any game can fuck up any game yeah <laughs> world versus system BBT would be a good example of where you've done a ton of work there's how many pages 70 there's a lot of pages oh and in the that basic book. in the basic uh, BBT book well the yeah yeah, it's like 70 or 75. It's a, you've done a ton of work. And that's just the setting. That's not all the other stuff. You know, if works came around 1000 CE right, and we're playing in 200, there is a, a presumption that 
because you've said maybe this, this, and this didn't happen. All kinds this of stuff. happened, but it happened in a different way. Right. But stuff will come up all the time that we have to like potentially break character in order to play effectively or or keep up somewhat of the illusion because we have to figure out exactly how something fits in. Oh, maybe. something that something that yeah. That, that is that hasn't yeah. been anticipated. We have to sort of reason yeah. out. Right. And I don't think that happens all the time. Right. I just think it can happen in that oh, game, sure. and it doesn't mean it's not it's not the fault of the setting. It's just that you, you couldn't possibly. Oh no! Right. Uh, there's no way. I mean, there, yeah. you, you, there, a lot of stuff got invented in those 200 years. Yeah. And who knows how much of it did and how much of it didn't, depending on. It. I mean, generally, yeah. if it has to do with war, I figured, yeah, it got invented. So, I mean, I don't know that that's inconsistent, but I could see us... It, and also, if you sit down with four different people plus the fifth person is, is the GM, like, there is a presumption that is going to be different with every single person about what about what that scenario maybe looks like at any given moment. Oh, Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, it doesn't mean that anyone's setting out to mm-hmm. make something an inconsistency, but, like, if I have the presumption that, I don't know, um, that, even, I know there's Faye from the book. Right. Because there is Faye in the book. Right. In the magic book. Yeah. But if I have the presumption, uh, maybe I was a shitty reader and I didn't read there was Faye, but also, I don't, I'm just It like, may not have been written when at the time, because that, okay. that's all within the last couple of months. And then also, what it, you know, I'm just, I'm playing a, you know, medieval, uh, middle ages, you know, daughter of nobility or, or you know, right. money. But, like, I wouldn't think that exists, but somebody else's character might have a different understanding of that, sure. a different p- point of view. So, exactly. once again, doesn't right. mean anybody sets out to be inconsistent, but then when those things arise in game, I think that's when you have to, like, get everybody on the same page. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. I think those inconsistencies are fine, though. Like, in- inconsistencies in character of what different characters believe, to me, that's interesting, and that helps drive a plot forward. Oh, sure. I th- and I think that will be part of what yeah. that yeah. plot is. Yeah. Because I think that is a plot that's amazing and great. Your character sees right now, mm-hmm. it, the way your character is right now, anything you see that's supernatural, it's got to be a fucking demon. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. sa- oh, sure. it's the work of Satan. Oh, yeah. And that's super interesting. Yeah. Right. And then, and maybe as time goes on, it's like, well, there have been yeah. some things that have happened that have not seemed very devil like. <laughs> so, well, but, but or that, maybe not. Even or maybe if that not. doesn't happen, like I think the cons- inconsistencies that are the problem um, are ones you like you were saying between the mechanics and inconsistencies in the world the GM is creating, not inconsistencies between different characters' understanding of it. Yeah, because to me that's my favorite thing about a game, right? <laughs> and and can build a whole story because like even if you had no plot, like just Gina and them going through the world. With those inconsistencies and having those different points of view, could make an amazing story. It's going to be a story. Yeah, it definitely was. But maybe a better, more specific example. And Abria and I spent a bunch of time talking about this off camera. Oh yeah, yeah. Is Abria's approach to magic and character? Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I missed something, but I think they burn witches here. (laughs) You know, in my head, and I'm like, holy crap, because she's just doing magic out in the open, magic out in the open. And so there was a point where we wanted to clarify, all of us, mm-hmm. that... Well, she's done most of the stuff in front of orcs. Yeah. Not well, in front of, I mean... Once in front of the... In town. When the, the cart thing. That was, a, that was late at night, though, wasn't it? 
Uh, was it late at night or early I, in the morning? Something like that. It was something like yeah. that. But yeah, I don't think. But she's it was a- one of those where I thought maybe I had missed something. But she was actually purposefully doing that in yeah. character, knowing that she was. But I was confused. Rhea throwing wrenches. Right. Yeah. What? Right. And and to be fair, if she gets to the point where it's like. Uh, you're standing there in front of, I don't yeah. know, the archbishop of this region, and you're going to start to cast a spell. Yeah. I'm going to say, okay, Bria, just so you know, yeah. Yeah. you're standing in front of someone who by himself can declare you a witch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and take you into custody and put you on trial. Right. And all of your friends, just so you know, do you right. go ahead and roll if you want to cast a spell. <laughs> but I, I, I would make sure yeah. that you knew the consequences. Right. Yeah. Word could spread and we could start getting chased out of town with, you know, Absolutely. just a pitchfork. But Absolutely. to me, like, the, the inconsistencies between the characters isn't the problem. Like, if you were inconsistent as the GM, like, oh, these people are the only ones who get called on for doing magic and this character never gets called on for it. Like, right. that's the inconsistencies that can kind of wreck a game and can make it not seem real. Sure. Because at that point, I mean, you get that all the time where it's like, oh, the GM's dating one of the players or something like that. Like, that's, like, right. those key moments. And, mm-hmm. and like, or, or different things like that where there's, it seems like favoritism or it seems like the GM's not paying enough attention or things like that. Um Usually, if I have inconsistencies in it, it's plot related. Yes. No, it's not an action. It's plot related. Yeah. And see, those are... Yeah. Even those, I don't even mind so much. If you had... Let's say you you guys are going along and being careful and not not casting spells anywhere that where people can see and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, there's some guy who's out there and he's like, ah, fuck it. (laughs) Blowing things up or doing Uh whatever he's doing. Clearly in front of witnesses. There's a reason and a story behind that. Right. Right. No, and that's why in that one instance, I thought we had, like, player to player, like, I was missing something, like, what Kimmy was saying with regard, or you said, with regard to plot, like, every once in a while, it's like, oh, wait, where are we? I thought we were still at that. Right. So that's what that was, and then once you are like, oh, no, get it, character Mm -hmm. choices, cool. Yeah. Right. But yeah, for sure. Sometimes it can happen with plot, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, you're totally into the game, and you're into it, and then you go to write somebody's name down, and you missed that everybody said you guys all went to town, and you're still thinking you're in a dungeon or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then oh, it's yeah. like, oh, wait, we're not there? Oh, okay, I don't do that. And just, and, and just the physical rules of the world yeah. need to... And that's that's why I, I made the point about, about house ruling. Yeah. And making sure because mechanics often have a lot to do with that. Yeah, and that's why I wrote down here. I was, um, and you guys just touched on it a bit, which is, uh, you know, the players are held to a certain standard with rules and the way the world is working. And then sometimes with certain GMs, the NPCs aren't. They're oh, breaking sure. rules left and right, and that can be more frustrating to a player than anything else. Where the magic NPC can fly to the top of the tower without, you know, casting a spell uh-huh. or whatever. And you're like, what the... Unfear, and as you just un- said... On Fear the Boot, they call that the Captain Von Badass. Yeah, yeah. there you go, right? <laughs> and and it can be very frustrating for players where all of a sudden the NPCs are breaking all the rules of the world, except mm-hmm. you still have to follow them. Yeah. Oh, I, I got yeah. called on that. I ran a time travel game, and Bill called me on that. Because mm-hmm. this was very early on. It was just in the late 80s. And uh, they were... Going through the, the, it was a time travel thing, and there was the these people who were sort of like enforcers of a rival timeline, who would come in, and they were wearing this powered body armor, which of mm-hmm. course none of the player characters had, none mm-hmm. of the NPCs had, and uh, an NPC who was uh, basically Zorro, because they were Aww. showed up, and oh. originally jumped on back of one of these guys and broke his neck. 
And then Bill's like, through his character sheet, and he says, all right, hold on. What's the DR of their armor? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, 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 okay. All right. He's jumped on his back, and he's got, like, covering his eyes. I'm like, okay, that's, that'll that's work. Better. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, you know, you get I mean, the, a young GMs get caught up in this. <laughs> well, and sometimes with magic, you can bend it a bit for, for flavor, you know? Like, mm, your, sure. your, your badass wizard might be able to cast a spell that's not in the book. Because it's just for flavor, and he's a badass. I do that all the time. But as long yeah. as as long as the rest of the rules still apply to him, like when you hit him with an arrow, he still bleeds, or right. you know, he still runs out of, of energy or amount of whatever system you're using. Because there's nothing more frustrating than you know getting that NPC that's unkillable. Well, I had I, I for I for for cheating reasons, right? For the, I don't know if for those of you who have followed my GURPS history as far as writing, because I would publish by him a couple of times uh, in their role player magazine. Or the new, it was more of a newsletter back then. But um, I wrote an article about mages and how to control them. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people hated me for that. A lot of people who are now movers and shakers and Steve Jackson games really? and actually publish books and shit like that were like deriding the shit out of me. But whatever. I, That's in your bio. It's in my bio because <laughs> I'm, I'm w- well known as being an asshole in the RPG community. Um, but. Yeah, right, That's I know. Nice surprise face for those of you listening. And it's going to get worse because the nicotine fits are starting. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for this because when we got Steve Jackson on the on the show millions of years ago, he still knew Stu by name. He like, remembered. Oh, hi, Stu. He, re- he remembered you. I emailed him and he's like, "I re- recognize your name." And I said, "I wrote this oh and this." Ah, oh, okay. He still remembers. <laughs> oh yeah, because oh all those God. guys, because all the guys who work for him hate me. Yeah, so um, I can vouch for that. But uh, if it makes you feel better, that he hates Storm. Now more. Yeah. Just as question. Just, yeah. just as one question. stupid, stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Still remembers too. <clears throat> but one of the things, uh, one another contribution I made to GURPS was I, there are spells that I devised that ended up going in GURPS Grim, Grimoire, which was the second magic book. Really? I had a pl- I had a party of four or five players, three of which were mages. Oh. And they had all kinds of spells at super high levels. They could cast a spell called. Uh, well, they had te- all had teleport. Teleport. And they had one called Blink, which is a reaction spell, uh-huh. which is like teleport, but it's short distance. So it's, it's like... the Banff spell. You're going to swing at me. Exactly. You're going to yeah. swing at me, and I'm going to disappear and di- uh, reappear over here instantaneously. <laughs> right, exactly. Same, exa- same thing. I came up with a spell, because I got tired of it. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a spell called Teleport Trace, which worked on teleport and on Blink. And so, as a reaction, they could make their roll. If they made their spell roll successfully, they appeared exactly the same distance relative to you when they stopped. So, if they, if now, they, of course, they can't st- take, still take a swing at you because they had to cast a spell, mm. which aborted their attack. But that spell, and then, and then the players are like, "We got to figure this out." I don't remember how they found it out. I don't remember if they found a scroll or if they t- got one of these mages and tortured the information out of them. I don't remember. They may have been, may have been the latter, but they got the information somehow, so they, so they could have this spell as well. And then we compiled a bunch of spells um, that had been written for a bunch of campaigns. A bunch of them were mine, but there's some of them were others, and we sent them all in, and that's why we're credited in the group in the Grimoire book. All of us actually. That's very cool. But but that was that was a thing where it's like, okay, this is annoying me. I'm it, it, I'm unable to not not kill the party. Make combat seem dangerous. Sure, that's all I want to do is make, com- and that's and really that's a big and important thing for me as a yes. GM. I want combat <laughs> to seem dangerous, and it didn't. Yeah. They were just like, Ugh. 
I'm always We're magical reminded. gods. And then, of course, see, here's the problem, too, with a consistent world is that your players will find an exploit. Like, uh, I'm reminded of the fact, speaking of GURPS, about uh, they would they would levitate the guy up 30, 40 feet. Uh, the apportation spell, the apportation that's correct. Spell, yeah. And yeah. then drop him, and physics would take over, and falling in GURPS is a bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, you drop a person twice, probably, you and move, they were dead. You, you move them in a direction, and then you do no, no longer need to concentrate on the spell for one minute. And they can move. They will move at a rate of of one yard per second. So there will be sixty yards in the air, and you just choose not to renew the spell, and right. they fall. And there is, of course, oh, knowing how much damage right. you could, you will take from a sixty foot fall in GURPS is a very precise thing. Yep, and it will give you a precise number of dice, which is going to be quite a few, yep. and it's going to kill any character. Even and if you roll all ones, and that's that's an example of like a consistent world being a bear to sure. you and the players. Absolutely, but and, but it's nice because because of the physics of the world yeah. are consistent. The players were able to figure, figure out this out. exploit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, I I didn't mind it. I just all I'd have to do is just give another mage on the other side that same spell or and give him the same idea. Have mm. him smite, fight in small dungeons where there's only like an eight foot right. ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like one mage and like, oh my god, there's a mage here. Oh fuck. Yeah, right, <laughs> terrified. Oh, damn it. Bleep. And there's, I think you have to resist with your health or something like that. And most yeah. mages don't have crappy health back yeah. then. <laughs> They, they needed right. to have high strength and they needed to have high IQ. Yeah. So that kind All of right. leads into number three, which is is if everything is at my threat level, it doesn't feel real. So if right. everything is at or below their danger level, if they can bamf away oh, yeah. from everything, like I don't know. I, I kind of agree with that, but I also I mean if everything's killing you, it's also not fun. So you have to have like the nice balance. It's in a in the real in a real world. You may look at it and go, I'm not going to win this fight. We're going to run away. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to figure out some way around this where we don't have to fight that thing. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the things I think makes a real seeming world. Yes. Is that there are things out there that are just too dangerous for you to fuck with. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I like a little hybrid of that when I run, which has been a long time, which is to keep it simple early on. Because there's nothing I feel worse about than killing somebody out right out the gate. They spend Absolutely. all the time making a character, and all of a sudden you murdered them. Uh, it's the what, what's the there's a D and D module. There's like a blue dragon or something someplace, and there's a way to get around it. And people would have TPK after TPK after TPK trying to get past this blue dragon by killing it. Right, and they're like fifth or eighth level characters. They're not going to kill this dragon. And it no. would piss me off if I spent you know a day or two working on my L five R character and backstory and everything, and Team then the, and then get killed. That wasn't Tomb Horrors. It was. I'm sorry. So. So anyway, it's kind of like to ease it in. Once the characters level up a bit, then I will start being a bit more aggressive with my with my villains and stuff. Because you're right, without any any potential threat, it it changes the game. You don't run away from from things anymore. You mm-hmm. you don't you don't think about tactically about uh, ambushes and such. You you basically just charge things head on, and it's boring for the players. It's boring for the world. It's boring yep. for the jam. You because you know you're not in any real threat. There's also the the Tension 
of just getting their snot kicked out of you. We have uh, spoilers. Is it up yet? The L five R game where you were uh, taking hit after hit after hit. Oh yeah, that was been up for a little she's, while. She basically stood there and these this thing just just wailed on her. Snot. And all of us at the table, our heart rates went up. We all started getting a little sweaty. <laughs> we're like, we might just lose Kimmy here. And Kimmy's like uh, counting every die very carefully because oh. it was within. Just it was pretty close. Are you talking about the last session? No, no. 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 Oh, 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 talking about against oh, the first against the time, Oni. Against the Oni, yeah. yeah. And, and had that threat been You're the only meat shield in the party, and yeah. had that threat been softballed, you know, we all would have just been sitting there drinking beer, laughing mm-hmm. it off, and it wouldn't. It, it it had a much more impactful experience on all of us and Kimmy's character. Well, so, it was just a good thing that I built my character like hardcore because any other character would have like been murdered. Right. <laughs> so it, it I agree with that. I think without actual threats, without actual fear, you're it, it changes the game. I know when I play GURPS or Travel or something much more deadly, I think a lot more about the terrain, about yeah. <laughs> about exits. <laughs> like if this goes sideways, how do I get out of here? I think about uh uh, what? How we can you know use stuff to our advantage? What if I instead of shooting him directly? What if I shoot the barrels over his head? And mm-hmm. I get much more creative when the threats are much more serious to me. And yeah. I think it's a much more interesting game for on all sides because of that. Absolutely. Well, and because it was a like, like those deadly combats are when you get a chance to really be a hero. Because if you stick around through a fight that you know you're going to win, you're not a hero. It's like facing those fights and not running away. Like when you're, you might die or your character might die. That's when you get to kind of like have that hero moment sometimes, sure. which is a lot of why we play RPGs to be a hero and a cool story or a villain or whatever we want to be. But like, like those surefire wins kind of take that element of like anticipation, like Sork was saying, but also kind of like lower the hero factor a little bit and like the. If you do survive that triumph too, mm-hmm. so you oh, yeah. kind of you get this like middle ground combats all the time, which can get boring. That you don't necessarily have like the super low lows, but you also don't have those high highs either. Right. Well, I, I when I was running <coughs> fourth edition D anD D, I very dutifully would go in and make the thing mm-hmm. with the little thing, and it was and it, and then finally when I stopped doing that mm-hmm. was the fight you had with the guys that would grab you by the neck and drag you away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like fuck it. Uh, you, they were all like brutes or whatever they were called. They weren't yeah. the big bosses and they weren't the mooks. They were the middle one. Yeah. And I'm like fuck it. I'm just going to have a bunch of those things. And that was the toughest fight you guys had. Now it took uh-huh. like four hours of <laughs> combat to to get yeah. through it. D&D. But and eleven people. You also did not know if you were going to win. Yeah. And I don't know if that existed in any combat uh-huh. before that. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel the same way about uh, quote unquote random encounters. Mm-hmm. That if you have session after in a long campaign, mm-hmm. if you have session after session after session and nothing like, are you a fan of wandering damage? No, but I but I I'm a fan of that had nothing to do with the overall story arc. It's yeah. some guy picked on somebody in a bar mm-hmm. or something. I don't that, mind that. St- I don't mind that stuff at all. I don't no, think I don't either. think all combats have to be involved yep. with the story necessarily. Yep. I think they have to make sense. Yeah. Why they happen? It can't just be. I go into a bar and I want to start a fight. There's a zombie in the bar. Oh, it sees you and yeah, comes yeah. at you. Yeah. Why is this, why is the, why did the barkeep allow a zombie in? Right. But if you're traveling, didn't anyone on notice the zombie? Dangerous road from point A to point B. There might be and bandits. It's a dangerous road. There might be bandits. Exactly. Or bugbears. Although or very often, if the bandits are going to come after you and suddenly realize, oh fuck, these are badasses. Yes. They're going to hightail it and they're going to leave and they're going to uh-huh. run away as fast as they possibly can in every possible direction, so that the party does not catch all of them. Mm-hmm. And that can lead to Good other point. stories too. Absolutely. I mean, then yeah. all of a sudden you're infiltrating the, the den of the mm-hmm. forty thieves or whatever it is. It's it can be 
I, I, yes, I like yeah. I like random encounters occasionally, especially if it's a long running campaign and and I don't know if I would necessarily make them random. Well, yeah, I think it would yeah. be more like here's uh, incidental. This is yeah, a, yeah this is yeah. A, here's a good point for something like this to happen. It might be semantics that we're arguing at this point, but yes. But yeah. I'm not going to. What I'm saying is, yeah, I'm, when I'm doing my game prep, I'm not going to roll on a table yeah, and say, okay. "No, that's uh, why you why need I was a like, green dragon." Because yeah. it yeah. just isn't like. Otherwise, that whole it, the the. Uh, I saw somebody say this online, and I was like, "That was that was a cool turn of phrase." The whole whiff of illusionism, where you're, this is an illusion. It's all part right. of the story. It's like, guess what? That totally pulls me out of the story because, you know, life doesn't work like that. So sometimes it's things messy. are going to happen sure. that are don't make sense to. And you might have an interesting complication from yeah. this incidental combat. Yeah. yeah. Where suddenly it's like, oh, especially if it's not D and D. If it's a game mm-hmm. where you, if you get hurt, you stay hurt for a while. It's like, oh shit. Our yeah. healer is mm-hmm. unconscious and going to be very useless for uh-huh. the next three weeks while he heals because he can't heal himself because he's sucks right or whatever. It's a, it's a rule in the world. So now what? Medicine rather than magic, and you <laughs> right. have to put a bandage on it. So now what are we going to do? We don't have our healer, mm-hmm. which means we can't get in a whole bunch of fights. Which means we're going to have to figure a way around whatever it is we were going to be doing. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. We have to talk to people. Oh we, have to talk, we have to talk yeah, to the experience points. points. <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, no one remembers what that module was. No, I know. There is I, someone in there who did who who, who confirmed with me it wasn't. It wasn't Tomb of Horrors. Okay. It was something else. It's an adventure that is much... It, it is not as meat grindery. Mm-hmm. Grindy? Grindy? Grindery? But there's a... Is it? Is it the White Plume Mountains? No. I, I played White... Well, I played the 5e yeah. version of White Plume Mountain. Because it, it doesn't... has a dragon in it. The it? dragon doesn't have anything to do with the adventure. It yeah. just happens to be at one of the possible that's places that's where you can old, enter. Isn't that an old sphinx? Like an an old sphinx that's at the beginning of the White Plume Mountain, where there are three, and you get one. It's been way too long. I, I, I played White Plume trident? Mountain. Uh, you get the either the hammer, Whelm, uh, the trident, which I can't remember the name of, and or Black Razor, which is the badass sword that eats souls. I, I it was like thirty years ago that I played that. Uh, yeah. No, it's I more than that. It's more than thirty years ago because it was in it's the. It's in the five E book, the Yawning Portal. I think it's they've. Uh, is that the? Seems yawn- like there's a book for Five E. I didn't read that. No, the, the Yawning Portal is that is that the, an homage to the uh-huh. the there's, Sphere of Annihilation? There's a shithead. I don't know. How <laughs> yeah, you, go, you crawl into the mouth and and you're, and you're dead. You're dead. You're just gone. Spoiler. There's like five. I don't know. Five different old school modules that they okay. Updated Barrier for 5e. Barrier Peaks was the alien one. Mm. Oh yeah. It wasn't yeah. White Plume That's Mountain. It was Barrier shit. Peaks, and I wonder if it was Barrier Peaks that had it. Maybe. But I, as I recall, the dragon doesn't really have anything to do with the adventure itself. <laughs> it just happens to be living in one of the areas where you can try to get in, but there's another way to get in. Yeah, it's like a, the MMO way of running a game. Right? It's like, there's a thing there. If you run into, oh God, run away, run away. <laughs> Welcome to old school danger. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That's what, I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh, and the dragon is asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we look at his yes. answer? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and look. Do we do, we, do, we do the last one? If you can't make some sort of a change, it doesn't seem we real. We said two and four were the same. Oh, they are, they oh, kind of are. I, th- I, I do think they kind of are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Internal consistency is all about making it feel like things work the same even when they don't. D&D doesn't... Uh, says falling 500 feet is 20d6. 
to your 20th level fighter, make it a DC 20 death check, all or nothing. Make it feel right, even if you have to change the rules. Isn't that exactly the opposite of being consistent? Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean... Maybe it's good to have this paper peer-reviewed here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. But he's sorry saying is, But he's also saying... What he's kind of saying is to yeah. make every game a simulation, this game. Well... And, and, hmm. the, and the example he's giving is really to make really, it feel right, right, which means make Change it feel it. like reality. Yeah, well, the example he's giving really applies to three and not to one. Where he's talking about making a jet a death check, all or nothing. Right, and it really applies to three, which is everything is at my threat level. It doesn't feel real. Right. Interesting. Um, cho- number two, choice is important. Like famous, like a famous legal case, telling your players they have no choice can be a game ender. Yes. Uh, for good reason. We have little enough impact on the real world. Who wants to bring it into their fantasy world? Uh, just remember that choices have consequences, and and those can be fun, fun plot, fun pot twists. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. Sounded perfect. <laughs> Keep it up. We've talked about that lots of times. I didn't times. get a rump out of that guy. We've talked about that lots of times. And, yes. the, and the consequences are infinitely more interesting sure. than the actual just you succeed. Well, just what we were just talking about with a random encounter can mm-hmm. totally change the, the nature of an adventure that the party is on their way to doing because they happen to have right. fought a, a couple of dumb orcs. <laughs> um, number three, making changes is important. Orcs aren't always dumb. No, they are not. There's an entire cast of them who specifically aren't. Yes. But the rest are. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> All right, continue. Uh, making changes is important. Redemption is the soul of Darth Vader in Star Wars. If you can convince Bobby the Slaughterer of Children to change <laughs> or stick a knife in his back, Aww. having Johnny the Slaughterer of Children really sucks. <laughs> Not to mention... In other my- words, if you kill one and there's another one there waiting in the wings because they killed Oh, Johnny her. and Bobby, yeah. right, yeah. So it's like not a, not a mere hedge mage dies. Oh, no, nope, there's, there's another not a mere hedge mage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Billy Goat's gruff. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is, yes. Um, uh, not to mention might be a trigger. I don't know if the silver coin I tipped uh, tipped to the stable girl allows her to buy... Her freedom to become the next high priestess of Ogdama, the kind of awesome. <laughs> though, I like I like his. Uh, though that could be fun. Ogdama is a good name. I'm yeah. writing that down. Ogdama. Mm-hmm. But if I strive to do something, the GM should only negate me one time in five. That makes the one time sting and have meaning. Hmm. That's everything at my threat level or. D- I think they got mixed up. He might have. I think, yeah. I think he's. This is obviously for. The oh no no he no no that was for the other one yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I think you get my point now. I'm curious what you guys. Aha! I found question three. This <laughs> is a pet peeve, so feel free to disagree. Why is everything up my disregard. set at my right? Not disagree. Feel free to disregard. Not. I choose to read disagree. Okay. You can choose that, and I will correct you like I do my fourth graders when they choose to read a wrong word, too. He's not smoking anymore. He's very disagreeable. I know. <laughs> Why is everything set to my level? Should should all the dragons in my region be three feet long so they are a CR of two? Do big dragons die when they come here? Do 14th level rangers collapse in this zone? <laughs> Let things have a range and figure out why... Uh, they aren't wiped out 
if they are low CR. Goblins outbreed their death rate. Got it. Ogres are not that common and fear stone forts and the big crossbows. Ballista. Got it. Uh, just like the real world have gaps in power levels, how else do you get Belgians? Oh, come on. No, that ain't nice. They tried. They flooded like a third of their country or something to try to slow the Germans down in World War One. That was badass. Yeah. Was it the Belgians? I think it was the Belgians. Probably. I, I would You're think the, the Dutch because they were all about the, you know, flooding with the gates. It's and the stuff, eastern one. Which is the eastern one? I know European ge- geography like I know well, any geography Belgium's that isn't the literally States. between France Flanders. and Germany. They have to walk yeah. right between, but Flanders well, is Dutch. Flanders Flan- the Flanders has the Zyder Z and they have all of those canals and they have the water, so I'm going to say Dutch, but it could have been Belgium because they are right between France and Germany. I'm going to look it I'm up. I'm going to start reading the next email. Oh, no. Wait, yeah, okay, yeah, I can go on to the next Okay. Uh, uh, that is just a board game. Mr. CJ. Hello, flaming douches. Snotty voice. <laughs> oh, now that's just a board game now. Once the miniatures come out, the game stops. <laughs> really? I've listened to a lot of Happy Jack's actual plays, and I think I have detected a pattern. People play samurais, warriors, slayers, generals, stormtroopers, explorers, gang members, all kinds of people who put uh, people who put themselves in harm's way. People who find themselves in harm's way, seemingly people who find themselves in some kind of fight. When I read the rules of different game systems like GURPS, one thing I notice is that there is a lot of space time and effort put into the combat system. Absolutely. You could say the whole thing is built around combat. And this isn't really about role-playing or not role-playing, nor is it about min-maxing or whatever. If I'm playing a certain game, I want to put myself in harm's way. The combat part should be important and fun and interesting. If the designer takes that much time to make sure that the combat is right, entering into that activity should be one of the best parts of the game. Once the miniatures come out, that is when the game starts, really starts. It is when those moments where the, uh, where the survival of the characters comes into question, where the stakes are high, and really when the game itself, mechanically, is most fully realized. So that is that, Mr. CJ. MRCJ, MRCJ, perhaps. whatever. P.S., whatever. Um, I no. Well, <laughs> I actually use miniatures, but I try not to keep it down to attack them a little bit, because what I've discovered is... If you have terrain and you have architecture or whatever, just enough so that everybody knows where they're standing, just so they get a general idea of what's going on, it solves a lot more things. Like, am I standing near a barrel? Am I? Yeah. Sure. That way they can take one quick look, they know where the bad guy is, they know where the exits are, and you're ready to go. And even you occasionally will draw a map. Here's a room, here's exits. Mm -hmm. Usually as a last resort. But it's, it, it, most of the time someone says, am I near cover? I will just say yes. Mm -hmm. I, I I like the miniatures because that way, at a glance, everybody's on the same page. It solves some sure. of the problems of, mm-hmm. of being inconsistent. Like, oh, I didn't know we were in a room. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I was I was you know I was typing a Slack note. I didn't. When did we? You know, now there's a map. But I try really hard to not let it descend. And you move three feet, make your make your roll. You miss. You move three feet. I try really hard to keep it more of a of a role play, of an RPG instead of a miniatures. When we used to play Gerbs. We played by the advanced tactical rules. So it's like if you have a move of six, mm-hmm. you take your miniature, I want to turn around and go the other way. One, two, three, yeah. four, five, yeah. six. But we all knew the system so well. And combat them. in GURPS is fairly deadly. Mm-hmm. The combats didn't take much time. They might take an hour if it's a complicated combat. And if you know, especially if you've got characters 
You're talking about fantasy game where you got people with swords and they have high skill levels, so their parries are high. So it takes a while to get a, a to get an attack in. But usually, once one side gets an attack in and damages the other person, it's only a matter of time before that the one who hit wins. Usually, yeah. but those combats usually never went too long. That mm-hmm. was one of the things. Like when it, it, I would agree with this to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. not when it comes to like fourth edition D anD. d Well, that's the thing that really left a sour taste in our mouth. Is that those games went on and on and on, and it really descended into you move three, you move three, you move three, you move, you move. I you roll, move, I miss. Move. I roll, I hit. I roll, I miss. I, I roll, I hit. Right, start over again. Everybody moves again. Yeah. Sorry. No, I think it's no, no, no. You're good. I think it depends on what you're looking for in a game. Yes. And absolutely. Overall, maybe you know every single session, or maybe it's a particular session. Um, because otherwise, I think that comment, I don't know, at least my recollection is when it first was made, uh, it was about the fact that once you start playing tactically and a grid is out, that, that people will often start forgetting those flourishes that made you know the fiction interesting. So they forget to say what that spell looked like or what you know what they're saying to those people, and you can go round after round and realize that no one has said anything to anyone else in character or any, said yeah. That and, doesn't have anything to do with people. yeah. And maybe you wouldn't like if it's a badass fight and you're like grunt, swing my two-handed sword, you know, bam, bam, bam. But I think that's part of it. No, I yeah. can totally see how, like, you could role-play game a chess game where you're playing mm-hmm. in a battlefield and you've got yeah. your, your things, but then then at some point you zoom out and it just becomes a chess game and you forget yeah. that there's th- all this other drama going on. You forget to describe the scene. You forget to describe the horns growing. You mm-hmm. forget to describe the yeah. cr- circles of crows and the smell. You just gr- go on and moving miniatures around. You really, yeah. there, is, there does become a disconnect. Well, because Maybe. I don't... I mean, I, I enjoy it sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. it sort of depends on the system. Like, 4E is a terrible example. But, like, I actually really like playing, like, 5e and using mats, mats in 5e. Um, I love painting minis and, and that sort of thing. Like, I think that there are definitely systems that do it well or do it better, at least. You like uh, painting minis, you start a Warhammer army. Yeah. <laughs> you keep telling me that, and I keep knowing that that's a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea for me. Um, but, uh, you know, there's definitely times, as long as it doesn't take four hours when you have four hours to play... Like, there can be amazing moments and very heroic moments. And as someone who kind of likes tactical stuff, like, sometimes that's really fun. Sure. Like, being oh. able to see everything out, especially when you're playing d and or something like that, where yeah. you've got, like, like spells or abilities where it's like, it really does give you an advantage to flank or something yeah. like that, it can right. be really, really fun. Like, sure. when we did our um, Deserts of Despair, we used uh-huh. a map quite yep. a lot. And we used maps when yep. we did uh, Dead Rain. Mm-hmm. And that really helps sometimes yeah. to really see, especially when you've got like a horde of zombies. Like that, those can be well, really great moments. Right. Yeah, and I mean, this is a blasphemous, <laughs> uh, blasphemous on this show. But I liked 4E for that. <clears throat> I, I fucking, it's the first game because I don't play MMOs, mm-hmm. and it was the first game I had where there was that whole uh, controller healer, you know, uh, like, and right. I fucking <clears throat> loved to get. The mat out there and be like, I'm playing a, a druid and I can entangle mm-hmm. and I can shift that person over so that now uh, I have two members of my party flanking and da da da. So I definitely agree that that can be a really exciting and fun part because, depending on, once again, depending on the system that you're playing in, uh, there could be a very big chunk of your character that is built with all this stuff, whether it's yeah, feats it or moves or... Especially with 4E because that yes. was the way combat was resolved. Yeah. You had to... <coughs> I would, so ag- I would agree with you if you were to 
quarter the number of hit points everything has and quadruple the damage everything has. Yeah. So it's insane. The problem, for, the problem yeah. for me, solely, it was an interesting, it's, it's an interesting board game. Mm-hmm. The fourth edition combat system. It yeah. is an interesting board game. It just took too long. Yeah. And it didn't, yeah. it didn't belong in the middle of a role-playing game. That's exactly like last week when Tomes or whoever it was was talking about playing a um, Edge of the Empire game, mm-hmm. a Star Wars game, yeah. and then stopping in the middle of it and getting X-Wing out and then playing the co- combat in using the X-Wing rules. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, okay, well, you play an X-Wing game because you want to kill several hours, mm-hmm. right? Because that's how long it takes to do it. <laughs> well, also, it's like the Warhammer of space. Right, where you want to collect? Like, all oh, yes, things. it is. It's a way to turn money into plastic. But I'm, I'm assuming if you're playing a role playing game, you you want to play a game, yes, but you also want to role play. Mm-hmm. So to have a four or five hour combat when you normally only have four or five hour sessions means you're going to have a lot of combat and you're not going to have a lot of role playing because people don't tend to role play very much when they're playing the game. That's, I mean, you can talk about how it's fun to play to have a combat and that's fine. Yeah. But really. At some point after the second hour, people are would you fucking stop role playing and finish the fucking combat, right? Yeah. At some point, someone's going to start to snap. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I've seen that. That's right now. <laughs> right. Oh, but I mean, it used to drive me crazy. Yeah. And it's like, and it drove everyone crazy when we had that one big long combat, the only combat where you guys actually thought you might not win. Right. To have that happen, and the players are like. I know we can win this, but my God, it's taking forever. Yeah, it took yeah. eight hours. And it literally, uh-huh. it took like eight hours. I don't think it was that long. It wasn't. That was the night they had the shooting across the street. Yeah, we ended up being here super we, late. Yeah, well, I thought we finished the combat we did. and we ended. But, but the, the we combat was like three or four hours. We were still here for like four to almost midnight. It was a really long combat because oh, we left yeah, right was, around ten or right. eleven. You're right. It was, it was daylight. Long. It was daylight when we started. Yeah, yeah you're right. And then it wasn't. So I want to play a traveler game, and I'm going to use. Uh, Twilight Imperium is my uh, combat. Right, exactly. Right? You know, well, that, see, because that's like a ten-hour game. There, there was a game called uh, Snapshot, which was a tactical, like shipboarding game that's based on the Traveler universe, okay. but it's a like like a much more detailed uh, tactical level combat game that you could use if you wanted a more detailed combat system for Traveler. I think there's a balance to be struck. Sure. And I think that that's really the, the thing that's maybe everything in moderation. It's like you need to be able to, as a GM, you also have to be aware of the fact yeah. like, oh my gosh, we're spending way too much time yeah. playing a board game and not enough time. I need to start describing what's going on in the world. And um, and then vice versa, as players, too, you need to say to yourself, okay, we, you know, this is taking forever. What, yeah. It, you know, can we talk our way out of this? Is there is there a, is there a chip for talking my way out can of this run on, away? on the board? Yeah. Well, and I also want to specify, like, I'm not defending 4E's combat because it's bullshit and I hated it. But, like, 5E, they've done a lot of great improvements on. Um, yes. It's much better, much so more streamlined. It does take longer it than longer you'd like sometimes. We also had, like, nine players. so we Not when we played 5th edition. No, 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 not when we played 5th edition. Yeah. Uh, still a lot. Still above our yeah. ideal 4 to 5. Yeah, once we got we to, like, 8th like level, yeah. it's, I was it's afraid to have a combat because that's all we would do yeah. in the 2- right. mm-hmm. or 3-hour session. Right. But I, I do think, and especially if you're... There's a little bit of a social contract when you're sitting down to a specific game. If you're sitting down to PBTA versus D&D 5e or D&D 4e, like, people join a game, there's, like, this is how this game is run. Like, you sit down to a D&D game, you're kind of agreeing, like, okay, yeah, combats going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. So, 
part of that is on like if you don't like games like that, don't join games like that. Um, but some people really like Canada. that combined elements, um, like having that board game right. element to the role playing. So I think that's a valid thing. Like there are plenty of systems that don't have it, so yeah. play those if you don't want it. There you go. And if you want that, then play systems that do have it, and don't knock anyone else's shit. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I'm done. And if you want a game that has combat that goes really, really, really fast, play Moment of Truth mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or GURPS. And I swear we bugged. Skirps is only fast because everybody dies. We bugged Mr. CJ before, and I swear he said it was Mr. CJ. Mm. All right. Merkage. Oh, yes. And uh, chat room informed us now that we're moving on. Return to the Temple of the Elemental Evil. That was it. Return to the Temple of the Elemental Evil. That's it. That is the crazy one one with the dragon. I actually found a friend and didn't get it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to tell them. Existential question and a success story from Isaac. Greetings, lords and ladies of Jack and the advocate of the devil's douchebag. So that's lords and lo- 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 that's not an anagram. No, that was no, not. Okay. Oh, no, it could be like <laughs> y- y- what? What Spanish word starts with two L's? There's a couple of them. It's Welsh. Yama. This isn't going to be as funny as we Isaac here with the promised tale of success and what is, in my opinion, my peak as a DM, as well as a question for the Council of Joyous Jackanapes. First and foremost, I'm curious if any of you have ever had to deal with someone who shouldn't play RPGs. I'm a firm believer that anyone can play, but perhaps not everyone should. Recently, I was speaking with a friend of mine, and he told me of a newbie player at his table who got into an existential crisis of mind due to how much existential crisis of mind due to how much freedom he was given as a PC. This That's an MMO player, or mm. or. Or something like uh, that. What? I can do anything? You know, analysis. Where paralysis. are the rats? I need to kill rats. I'm first level. Tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. Uh, this fellow uh, wouldn't show his character sheet. Was convinced the DM was cheating because he wouldn't show the enemy's character sheet. Killed the quest NPC <laughs> to see if he could get away with it. And then seemed shocked that the town guard turned on him because he killed their boss in front of them in broad daylight. All of this, uh, all of this and more got me thinking. Is it wrong of me to think that some people should not play these kinds of games? And this is a fair DM, one who I've played under and even played in the scenario that he was running. Drink, discuss, and continue for the tale of triumph. I don't think it's... I, I, I think it's too early to decide. I think so, too. I for think this it, particular person. There's a sure. learn, I mean, you got to learn. Have you ever played with somebody that just was like more than just a wrench thrower, but like actively setting out to sabotage your game? Oh, sure. I have, and it's not fun. I've no. got to run them. No, but if this is a brand new player, I, it sounds like he went and killed the boss just in front of them, just just to see if he could get away with it. That's that's a that's more than wrench throwing. That's like an act of like fuck you. Just I think what you have is someone who plays MMOs and right. wanted to see. Oh. Is the GM really going to send someone right. after? If I can? <laughs> but now he's shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Right. Warning. I, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. But I, I you read ahead. Do you know this for sure? Are you hedging your bets? Is that no, why? The rest of it doesn't have anything to do with it. Because <laughs> I, I think that um, there are some people out there that, and I've I've had them at at the cons. I've uh, I've GM them way back in the past. There was a friend of ours who who went crazy, and he literally everything that he would you know wouldn't take. He's the kind of guy that would kill the quest giver or wouldn't take the bait and go somewhere else. Right. And you're like, so the rest of the party's doing something, and I'm having to jump back and forth just because he wants you know he he could see the pattern and like fuck that I'm not gonna I'm gonna fuck with you and the rest of the party. And it was it was just malevolent. It wasn't anything about you know well I have free will and I'm just playing my character. He was just being a dick. Right. Go ahead. No, I just I think it's that's. 
subjective question. So, are there people I wish maybe didn't play? <laughs> I'm sitting right yes. here. No, yeah. Come on. Oh my god, it's just loaded. <laughs> Sorry, and I know that one. No, that's it. That, you know, you make, uh, while while you're getting that together, I'll I'll cover I'll cover for you. Uh, that you make a very good distinction there, and that's and that is true. There are times, and and you don't know. Sometimes you get in a game with people, and yeah. then about five games in, you're like, this guy's a douchebag, and I don't want to be in this game anymore. Right. But that now it's too late. Oh no, for is sure. It though? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Technically, no. I mean, technically, you could just say, you know, hey, sorry. Oh, oh, not having my kidney removed forever yeah. every Sunday for the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. That's the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. I have kidney polyps. No, there was somebody that, that constantly showed up for the monthly games when uh, we were doing this monthly Nerd SoCal thing at Game Empire mm-hmm. that no one wanted to play with mm-hmm. because there were just stuff would happen. Issues. Yeah, there were issues at every single table, and people did not have fun. So you wish those people, but you know what? Maybe there's a spot for those folks at a table, too, you know? It's not my table. In some cases, cases, there's a reason certain people play organized play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all they can find. They've been kicked out of everything else. Well, that's a generalization, but I can no, see... No, no, I'm not saying all of them. Structure. I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying, but the people who do get kicked out of every home game they're invited to, eventually are going to find their way to organized play, because that's all that's left. Well, I, yeah. I, I was trying to dovetail with the fact that there are some people out there that want a more sense of structure. This is what we have to get done in this amount of time, and that's what, and that's kind of what organized play is. Is like, these are the goals you need to accomplish right. in this time. And <laughs> and I, I, it can appeal to a certain amount of people, like... Sure. Like you say, the for example, an MMO player, like, I've got three hours to kill before dinner, I just want to run a couple of quests, get some parts for my sword, and then I'm done. Right. And if you can't do that, if you keep getting distracted, you're like, this is all, I really, I've got... Why do you I've keep got, talking to my experience uh, points? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I don't know that everyone who plays organized play isn't no. in that box, because I, I knew, once again, a lot of people that would pick it up because they couldn't get... They weren't playing a home campaign just because they're, you know, they're grown-ass adults with grown-ass, you know, in real-life stuff, whether it was kids, marriage, jobs, whatever. So they couldn't play a regular game or they didn't know people anymore that played, so they would show up because this was their campaign. It's, yeah, Yeah. it's it's methadone. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I I don't want to deride it too much, but because there are people that, and sometimes that's all (laughs) they know. I'm not deriding methadone. Methadone's awesome. Sorry, Canada. (laughs) Warning, the following story is of a very homebrew game with very trusting players. The devil's douchebag need not overthink here. Alright. I run a game for two of my That's his nice way of telling us to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and stop judging me now, assholes. That's what he's saying. (laughs) I run a game for two of my dear friends. The husband and wife are excellent players and very open-minded and best of all, not assholes. That's in big old caps. Yeah. That's not me putting the fastest. Not assholes in uh, in or out of games they trust me as a dm uh, just as i trust them as players this is important because the tale i'm about to weave is not your typical story were they playing naked i yeah. sounds like they were playing they naked. were all they're open minded he said uh, i told the group that i had an idea for a one shot we're overthinking he told us not we, to do yes. that <laughs> we were in between games and trying to come up with something let's all take up our clothes and i had <laughs> sorry i'm good and i had this idea i'd been working on and wanted to workshop with them uh, this setting is 5th edition. I gave them pre-gen characters. A sorcerer and a barbarian. 
The two woke up in a small town that they had traveled to to get away from a big city. The barbarian goes to the bar and orders breakfast, and the two find that the food is mediocre. Even when using magic to make it taste better, it's mediocre. This made my players suspicious. The whole point of food in a tavern is that it tastes better than the garbage you end up eating on the road. After the meal, the two check out of town. Everyone is just pleasant, not always smiling. Suddenly the village is attacked, and the two fend off the bandits. The barbarian manages to rip off the bandana, covering the face, only to find the being faceless. The moment he looks away to warn the sorcerer, all the bodies have vanished, leaving nice little piles of treasure behind. The two characters <laughs> are then told that the bandit camp is in the mountains nearby, on the other side of the forest. They are given a quest and promised a reward. But rather than deal with that, they want to just leave this creepy town and get out of here before something else bad happens. They try to leave and end up at the forest. Any attempts to leave the forest is met with just ending up at the entrance. They're again. in an MMO. My players at this point are looking at me with caution. They have played with me for over a year and know that I do not force on rails the narrative. Frustrated, the two enter the forest, which is also screwy because when the sorcerer tries to fly up to get everybody to view, the trees go on forever. And they seem to never go very far except on the path that is before them. Eventually, they make it through the forest and to the mountain. More fights with faceless, nameless enemies. More perfect little piles of loot. The whole time, the players haven't shown much distress at all of this. They know something is wrong, but they keep going. Does anyone get eaten by a Gru? All throughout the travels, they are, they all get random headaches when they try to think about their past or try to figure out why something is happening. And it's only through failure of the roles that they begin to see a pattern in all the crazy. Things feeling almost too obvious. Is this a reprint from last week? It does seem familiar. It feels familiar. In the mountain, they find the entrance to the crypt, and it was here that they decide to royally screw with whatever had happened to them. (laughs) There was a room filled with coffins and a big locked door on the other side. Rather than enter the room and check the coffins, the sorcerer just cast a fireball and blew everything up. Yeah, there's things about vampire. No. Rather than try to open the door, they jammed it shut with spikes. Rather than try to find a secret path, they (laughs) took a hammer to the wall of the dungeon. The barbarian swung and broke the wall and saw nothing but shining static beyond. The two players Uh, grinned at each other. This has been read before. Through the opening, as skeletons in the lich were supposed. I remember the static. (laughs) To fight and try to open the jam door. Did he send it twice? Maybe. I'm pretty good about. Keep reading, because I'm committed now. You're committed. I'm almost done. They found themselves in a void-like place with nothing around them. Suddenly, the barkeep, the blacksmith, the librarian all appeared, all speaking at the same time, saying that they would be fed to their god, the great eater of all. Uh, one amazing fight later, the two suddenly <coughs> rose conscious, uh, lo- lose consciousness, only to wake up being pulled out of the pub of out of the tub of thick liquid. The players are stumped as I am now asking them questions. <coughs> character, do you know who I am? Do you remember me? And then I let the bomb drop. I call the name of one of the older characters from a campaign from months ago. Yeah, this was written. The look on their faces when they realized what happened was amazing. They had woken up as their older characters from a previous game. Uh, they literally jumped up and down, cheering at that moment. I'll never forget. The two once kidnapped characters were helped out of their bonds. NPCs from the previous game helping them to escape the cult they were in. And all ending with the group getting away on a pirate ship. So, Arr. what is with this Night <coughs> Shalaman twist? Months ago, I'd run an experimental game for my friends, and it turned into a much longer story. We all had fun, and we all enjoyed the hijinks at all Im- involved, but the story had to get cut short to a new player wanting to join, and various other outside reasons. We always looked back at those characters fondly. I asked the group if they wanted to pick up the story again, and they enthusiastically agreed. Yay! That was a great story again. <laughs> should, should, should I give you guys a new email? Uh, if I you give want. You new, yeah, it's only 8.09. I'll give you another. Okay. 
That was a good story, though, and I, I like the... That's a good example of, um, like, if you have a really great relationship with your GM, you can have some inconsistencies in the world and know that it's going to go somewhere. That's a really good example of deja vu. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, except it's not a really good example of deja vu because it fucking happened because you printed the email twice. (laughs) But, but, uh, I mean, kind of looping back to that first topic, like, there's inconsistencies in the world there, but they knew and had that relationship with the GM, so they were willing to trust and go with it, knowing that, like, it was what you were talking about earlier, where it was, like, a story hook and part Mm -hmm. of the the plot. But you have to have that trust there, otherwise people just get pissed. And you earn that as well, and you you prove it in your GMing, which is, like, at some point, even in the game, you're like, guys, there's a reason. Just trust me. And that's what Stu said earlier on when he preempted this. It's like, if my if my NPCs or whatever are acting consistent, there's a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's for the plot. I'm not just being inconsistent. I haven't lost my mind. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's important for as a player because there is this trust issue thing going on. You don't want to end up like this guy in the other email where he, he doesn't trust the GM. That's and he, what I was going to say. It's <laughs> almost like a, a the bunch polar of opposite. Those points from the other one, but because mm-hmm. they had played together and they knew this is, there's something going on. Yeah. It's yeah. not just stickery. Yeah. Alright. Uh, this is from Jab. Can we read it? Jab? Do you know? Is it right in here. the, did you paste no. it to the thingy? No. Did you want to oh. read it? Sure. Let me, let me copy it real quick. Can we okay. pass the thing on? It's a, yeah, whichever it's a you want to do, because I can read it on my phone otherwise. I can just slack it to her real quick. Oh, cool. Slack it to me, baby. Slack, slack it to me. Make sure I get the PS's. Mm-hmm. Copy. Um, and then I have to find Slack and open it. This is great radio. Yeah, it is. That it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of the engine. Inter- the Slacked. The, yeah. Well, that. But I also really like the idea of kind of the the static, like go- them going through this transformation and going back into characters they mm-hmm. saw before. That's really cool. It's, yeah. It's kind of matrix. We can talk it's about what we played this week. If you want, while you're doing that. No, it's done. Okay. You, you got it. You should. It's going to space. Give it a second. <laughs> space. <laughs> I think I got it in from space. <clears throat> Where is my? Where's the email? Where's my stew? There we go. Okay. <clears throat> there it is. Greetings, you designer Louis Vuitton bags with which douches are occasionally associated. I would love to have a Louis Vuitton bag. I'm just like right? verifying. Like yeah. If someone wants to send that, that'll be accepted. No, Louis Photon, <laughs> but a Louis. And not a fake one. Yeah. Actually, a good looking fake one. I'll take that too. Really? Don't okay. You can really find one downtown. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I am. No. <laughs> running. Have you, have you ever taken like red nail polish to the bottom of your shoes to make the, the fake Louis? Okay, never mind. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I'm absolutely. not going to. I will neither you're confirm not going to confirm nor deny. deny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a le- red electrical tape that looks like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am running into a bit of an issue regarding fear mechanics. Uh, for you, see, I realize I might not be utilizing them efficiently, i.e. not at all in certain settings. The story. I'm running a post-apocalyptic Savage Worlds mini-campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm rather proud that I have managed to accurately capture the feel of anxiety mm-hmm. and oppressive desolation that makes most apocalyptic settings a wonderful petri dish for exploring the darker side of humanity. Uh, And my players seem to be enjoying it as well. However, one of my players took the bravery advantage for their character. This edge grants them a bonus to fear checks, 
due to either sheer courageous mindset or simply being so jaded they are no longer horrified cool. by things. Stu's got his own sound. It works well with the character who is a seasoned mercenary of the wasteland and has seen all that mankind has to offer. However, at one point during the last session, he mentioned offhand that since we started the game, we haven't made a single fear check. It wasn't necessarily said in a frustrated or upset way, and he very much seems to be enjoying <coughs> the game, but it's been nagging at me like a significant other telling you to feed the cats or do the dishes and get off the damn computer and stop playing Warcraft. Right. For you I don't see, know what that's like at all. <laughs> you don't have a cat. <laughs> exactly. Your cat would die. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I realize I have always associated the fear check mechanic of most RPGs with the supernatural forces. Sure. With supernatural forces. A ghost or zombie Ooh. triggers a fear check because they are alien to our understanding of the mortal cycle. Well, a demon triggers it due to them being the manifestation of our deepest sins. Things that shake or rattle a person to their very core by the nature of their existence. Cthulhu. It never occurred to me that, frankly, I am not sure what in situation in what situations to call for fear checks when players are in a game that lacks any supernatural elements whatsoever. It begins to dip into what my gut tells me, admittedly without evidence, is stepping (coughs) on players' toes when you make them take a fear check to not cower in fear from someone who is. It can kind of make you seem like a little railroady, huh? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, just a guy with a gun and a mean disposition. I figured that I could just use the metric of well, what might cause us in real life to have a fight or flight reaction? But that doesn't translate well to a TTRPG. These characters are adventurers, and by nature of the fact that they are willing to take on such dangerous careers means their bar for scary is much higher than ours. Even as a Marine, I can tell you, I think two or three times about doing what some of uh, doing what some of the players... Some of the, the things, things players. player characters not only do at the drop of a hat, but build entire character concepts around. Right. Uh, so I ask you, in a setting with zero supernatural components, where the only possible enemies the players can face are wild animals or human beings, what sort of situations uh, would you call for a fear check? What <coughs> metric would you use? Or would you just disallow the mechanic altogether to allow for more player freedom? Rock on, you magnificent bastards. Just another us drone. P.S. Tell Tappy to hit me up for some recipes for alcoholic beverages from the Fallout universe if he wants them for the project he's working on. P.P.S. Drink your presumably non-Fallout related alcohols. Pruno. Nuke Cola. Pruno. Yeah. They had had to have Pruno there. Nuke Cola. Everyone, every every civilization has Pruno. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I would just start by asking how maybe you could still do it, but if you were setting up your session zero, that could be one of the questions you would have asked people is what they would find scariest. Ding, ding, ding. Right there. Campaigns are either going to have a fear mechanic that's get used, or they're not. Yeah. And you need to decide that up front. Mm -hmm. The guy who made the character with the bravery advantage or edge probably needs to be able to pick something else if Mm -hmm. you're not going to be using those mechanics, because that's really the only purpose for it. Mm -hmm. I was in a game where I had this uh, one of the few times I was a player in a campaign, 
I made a character that had the uh, had uh, night vision. Mm. I could see better at night than uh-huh. in other times. We're in a situation where it's low light, <clears throat> and there's a, a bit of detail I need to be able to to pick up. The GM set is trying to create a real tense situation and mm-hmm. says, "You don't have time to look. What are you going to do?" And I'm like, right on my character sheet, I got this thing, which is mm-hmm. exactly the reason why I should be able to see what you're saying. I can't see. Yeah, yeah. A consistent world. <clears throat> Inconsistent world, and and the thing is, when you've taken spent points on something that has zero game effect, it's very disheartening. Yeah. So this guy, if you're not going to use the game, the fear mechanics, which is fine, you may be running a game where you shouldn't use the fear mechanics; they're not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and, and let him switch out for something else. I, I keep, I can hear your head, your, your voice in my head, which is like at the beginning of a session, or even maybe halfway through. You're like, um, I'm going to start using the fear mechanic. All right. So you guys should all be prepared for the fact that we might be making some fear rolls now and again. Uh, I'm not going to do it at every turn, but I want to start exploring this whole thing about fear. Okay, oh, right. so, so I, all y'all know. I, in the last L5R game, spoilers, it's not up yet, is it? No, no it's not up yet. So. I used the fear mechanic for awe, yeah, because it and it worked fairly well, yeah, and it was awesome. crippling. Great. And the party's like, work great. Everyone around the table is like, oh shit, oh, it worked shit. great. <laughs> My badass is not badass anymore. <laughs> we're going to lose this fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we thought we were totally oh, yeah. going to. And, as, and it, the other part of the question... I Except the dumb archer uh-huh. comes walking in and he was outside somewhere yeah, for a don't, long time. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, spoilers. Um, <laughs> I would, like, like uh, uh, Fighting creatures at night can be terrifying. Sure. Because if you're around a, a campfire or whatever, you, you can't see very well. Mm-hmm. And so You get about 20 feet goblins, or so. Even wild All dogs, you see is glowing eyes. Yeah. Terrifying, and you don't want to go out in there because no. then you're not going to see shit. And the same thing oh, with, yeah. a, with that dark cave. You're like, you know, you hear, <coughs> you hear noises and growling, and, and it smells like you know something's in there. And you're right. like, I'm, I'm, everybody make a fear roll. <laughs> or people who are seriously d- unhinged, psychopaths, or, yeah. or, or or mass killers, just, or yeah. serial They're killers, just mad stuff. sorcerers, or, or <laughs> no, actual, but yeah, or he, captain he, of the guard. I mean, but yeah, yeah, I mean. It, you easily have a fear check when you like are stumbling around through someone's basement and you find their collection mm-hmm. of yeah. skins or, yes. or faces about, like, or whatever it is yeah. they keep. All the people they've encountered in, you know, Walking Dead. Right. And then you get to Terminants, and it's people eating. I think well, it, I people. I don't get any of those right. references. But again, I think it's oh, okay. important to let your, to let your players know that you are going to be Maybe. using the fear mechanic now and again. Yeah. And I think oh, you should yeah. use it judicious or or not. What's the opposite of judicious? Judiciously, judiciously just be yeah. careful. You just got to be careful. You don't want to yeah. at every turn hit them with a fear mechanic because it's just going to be that gets old. Well, it, really, you, it needs to be genuine fear and it needs to be surprise and you need to, and you need to save it for special moments because that's when. I mean, I, I'm working on a fear mechanic for Moment of Truth right now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have the basics of what it's going to be down, but what I'm working on now is when it applies, how it applies. Uh-huh. Does it, when you see this thing, the first time, obviously there's going to be a big fear check. If you run away and see it later, is the, the fear check going to be easier? Yeah. Or yeah. maybe depending on what happened the last time, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you saw it do something that was even more horrific and now you're more scared of it than you were the first time? Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Oftentimes, if after fear, it turns to anger. <coughs> the next time you see the guy cutting the head anger off of something, and now you're pissed. You're like, oh, that first time I was scared. Now I'm pissed. 
And then no. anger turns Fear. to hate. And then hate, hate, hate turns, turns to suffering. To suffering. <laughs> oh, I think it's you okay, too, reference. for... Uh, I did get that one. Um, <laughs> I do think it's all right, though, sometimes to have the fear mechanics be dependent on the character. Um, for example, like, uh, in Gene X right now, like, my character has seen some co- some combat stuff, but not, like, a lot. Um, but there's also, like, a trained police officer in the group. So it's like, if, if those two characters were to be in a shootout situation, like, it makes sense that my character might have to ro- roll mm-hmm. for fear. Mm-hmm. The other and the other character... Going, Remain calm, yeah, there's nothing and, to see like, here. Like, they've been... Tra- they're training. So yeah. if there's a, a role-play reason, and so, like, a backstory reason that makes sense, um, it also makes sense that not everyone would have to roll. At least I'm okay with that. Um Again, if you're having, like, that's also a system that doesn't have things like bravery as a mechanic. So you kind of have to, like, balance it out. Like, we're using the Cortex system for that. So there's not, like, you can't take bravery that will counter out, like, a fear mechanic. But you can right. roll, you know, to, to see if you freak out or whatever. So I think you have to, you you can balance the mechanics of the system also with the role play and the backstory oh, sure. aspect of things. Which I think, you know, just having everybody roll every time is sort of lame, too. In that recent game where you substituted awe for fear, that was the first time we'd encountered that mechanic or ever used it. And you could have used no. it. It had been used that before. Is, it had been used before in the old Inukai game oh. when you guys ran okay. away because I had you guys were going going to fight ogres, I right. believe. Yeah. And you heard the impact tremors of them walking. Yeah. yeah. And you couldn't see anything because it was and really we misty. Were all, we were all injured. And oh. you were all injured, and so you all decided to run. Yeah. yeah. It was early. But I don't it was, know if that yes, was a result. Yeah. It was, was only, I think fear. it was only the three. Yeah. Were you in the game yet? That would, would have been only the first session of that game then. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, if I wasn't there, because I only missed the first session, I think, of that game. Or maybe the second session. Ooh, I thought we did a few without you. No, there were okay. a few. Okay. Yeah, I think we did. I, I don't think know if that was the result of a roll or if we just decided, because I remember I think I was in a cart wounded, <coughs> and I that think may be Tyler right. had. Mm-hmm. And then I think we just I know, decided I know, to I, run. I know I got all the fear mechanics out specifically for that, uh-huh. because they're like a fear four monster or right. something. Right. But I think we avoided combat, because I don't remember even seeing them. They could be feared. I think we heard the impact tremors were like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> right, Masashi, yeah. you all right? Uh-uh, I can't move. And, and right. Todd get in the like, wagon, yeah, right. and, 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 yeah. and we ran <laughs> on our own accord. One right. of the few times where uh, the heroes have done that because that doesn't always happen. Then I showed up, and we never did it again. And they never ran away again. Never ran away. I was again. I had no. <laughs> that was totally not that. that I don't game. know if you were there yet because it was in the. It was near the swamp where you buried the yeah. sword. Mm-hmm. But it may have been an earlier point when they were at the swamp. Yeah. I may have missed that game too. Yeah. There were some. There were some times. I don't remember. We ended up playing mm-hmm. around missing people. I, th- I want to say that was when you guys buried the sword and then were leaving, and then you heard them. Nobody knew oh. I buried the sword. No, there was like there was like fire. No, there. you moved the sword. The party buried the yeah, sword, and then right. you went and got the sword okay. and moved, moved it. it. Spoilers. No, no, that's no spoilers. That, no, that's a like <laughs> five-year-old game. Six-year-old game. Yeah. All right. Cool. Alright, well thank you. Good email, yeah. Does that, yeah. does that work for you there? Yeah. Just another Drone. It's Drone. He's awesome. I don't know who Drone is. Drone's amazing. He's in mm-hmm. our Discord yep. all the time. Okay, alright. Just uh, another drone. Thank you for the email and I will mark it as red so this doesn't come up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Uh anything else? No. Don't good. forget the survey. Yeah. Yep. Happyjacks.org slash twenty eighteen survey. Yeah. All one thing. No spaces. No spaces. And it really does affect the, the show. It yeah. really does. It does. It's not just words it out in the void. We, already we, has. Yep. It already has. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> cool beans. You ready to end it? Sure. You seemed ready. Oh, it's the wrong song. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
That's why they're labeled with names. Thank you for joining us for season 22, episode 18, 18 of Happy Jack's Review Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Gary. My name is Stork. My name is Jake. And that's it. We don't yep. have anything more for you. Except no. next week, we'll be here again at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Yep. HappyJack's.org slash live. Yep. We have Blood, Blade, and Tusk yeah. on Saturday. We got... Uh, ShadowCon on Saturday, right? Is it ShadowCon? Not, the, not this Saturday. No, not at this. The, yeah. The next this is, one. Yeah, this yeah. Saturday is dark. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to get in here and my kids are gonna, and I are going to have an argument. Yes. Yeah. So you can watch that. I don't cool. know. Check out Happy Jacks Network slash schedule and you'll see all the upcoming stuff. Or schedule if you're from England. And that's oh. it. Thank you very much. It's a trigger alert for somebody. <laughs> <laughs>
Why problem me? She's a clean one. She always smells real nice. Although she's got the box in a ward, she hasn't any lice. Oh, bang away, Lulu. Bang it good and strong. What in the world will the Navy do when good old Lulu's gone? Oh, bang away, Lulu. Bang it good and strong. What in the world will the Navy do when good old Lulu's gone? I wish I was a wedding ring upon me, Lulu's hand. Invertebrate! She scratched her ass, I see that promised land. I asked for her to marry me, she said you're very nice. But I'll make you a better deal, I'll let you ride half price. Oh, bang away, Lulu, bang it good and strong. What in the world will the Navy do when good old Lulu's gone? Oh, bang away, Lulu, bang it good and strong. What in the world will the Navy do when good old Lulu's gone? I went down to the bakery to get me Lulu's bread. Cause in return, the player thanks, she always gives me head. I did return the favor, as is my predilection. But cause I'd eaten half a loaf, she got a yeast infection. Oh, bang away, Lulu. Bang it good and strong. What in the world will the Navy do when good old Lulu's gone? Oh, bang away, Lulu. Bang it good and strong. What in the world will the Navy do when good old Lulu's gone? Oh, bang away, Lulu. Bang it good and strong. The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? Go away, Baton! Welcome to Costco. I love you. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.